Welcome to the Pat Loss Companion. I'm Ken Dolan Del Vecchio, and I'm here with my friend and co-author and colleague Nancy Saxton Lopez. And this is a program that we do live every Thursday at six o'clock Eastern time for about a half hour. And it is an opportunity for us to talk with you about the issue of pet loss and actually to take the work that we did for many years, many decades, in fact, in Nancy's case, as facilitators of support groups for people who lost their pets and expand the reach of the knowledge that we gained through that experience. We published a book called The Pet Loss Companion, Healing Advice from Family Therapists Who Lead Pet Loss Groups. And now we get the opportunity to share with you and also to dialogue with you. And we'd like very much for you to share with us. So please consider sending us your stories, your questions, your suggestions for topics, for guests, for whatever you think might be helpful for people who are going through the process of grieving the loss of their beloved animal companion. We very much like to hear from you. We'll respond to you through email and we'll also uh, respond oftentimes by using your, your story uh, on one of the broadcasts. And so if you do write to us, please let us know if it's okay for us to include your story when we do one of these broadcasts. You can reach me at kenddv at gmail.com. You can reach Nancy at N Saxton Lopez. That's N S A X T O N L O P E Z at C S M P C dot com. We'd like you to know that this program is a friend of Dakin Humane Society in Springfield, Massachusetts. Dakin is a 501c3 community supported animal welfare organization that provides a whole range of services including shelter and medical care and spay-neuter and behavioral rehab for more than 20,000 animals and people each year. Dakin was opened in 1969, and since then it's become one of the most recognized nonprofit organizations in Central Mass and a national leader in animal welfare. You can learn more about Dakin and you can make a donation at dakinhumane.org. That's D-A-K-I-N-H-U-M-A-N-E.org. I'm happy to let you know that I am facilitating a Zoom pet loss support group through Dakin. We are going to be meeting next on Tuesday, the 14th of June at 6 p.m. Eastern time. The meeting will run from 6 to 7.30. And you can go to that same link, dakinhumane.org and RSVP, so that you get the link for the meeting. We'd be very happy for you to join us. You do not have to be local to part, be part of the meeting. So we'll have an online pet loss support group. You can support our work on this program by donating to us through Venmo or through PayPal. You can also subscribe. There's information on how, how to do both of these things in the description for the program that is attached to the podcast outlets and everywhere else where either the video or the audio is available. So I'll stop there, Nancy, and you can get us started. Yes, we had really some very different, um, but really beautiful emails that we yeah. got from mm -hmm. folks. And um, I know, Ken, you're going to talk about Sally's um, that has a lot to do with dreams. Yep. Um, and I think that that's really going to be helpful for people, um, and we'll be talking, you know, after you read her her beautiful, heart wrenching but beautiful 
uh, story. And then I'm gonna we're gonna talk about I will read um, Tara's um, about Raina and Raina has been lost. She yeah. has died, but she's been lost. And that's a whole different subject, you know, of loss that we haven't mm. really talked about a lot. So we'll go with Sally and let's and let's uh, talk about that as we get through her, her email. Yep. Uh, just one other point, and that is that if you are watching this program on YouTube, it's always helpful to us if you subscribe because that helps other people see that there's value. And it also helps the the program to pop up when people are looking for pet loss content. So just something to keep in mind. <clears throat> and here is the note from Sally. I'm writing this email in hopes that it provides your listeners with some positive comfort should you decide to share my experience on your podcast. Your book and podcast were and continue to be a great resource and source of comfort for me in the weeks that follow the death of our beloved boy, Jackie, a 14-year-old Scottish terrier. Jackie passed on December 19th, 2021, nine months after he was diagnosed with cancer. We adopted Jackie from the shelter when he was just two years old. We vividly remember the details of that day because we had lived every day since because we have lived every day since with gratitude that we found him. As a young boy, my partner, who didn't have much experience with dogs, surprisingly wanted a Scottish Terrier. This stayed with him until adulthood. The fact that we stumbled upon Jackie, a purebred Scottish Terrier at the shelter, was pretty amazing. Jackie was not an easy dog at first, but after months of exercising extreme patience, he turned around and we lived happily together until he passed. He was a Terrier. I understand that. <laughs> I pulled myself together for after Jackie died, I was not able to function for an entire month. I pulled myself together for work, but other than this, I sunk into a deep pit of depression and grief. I turned to alcohol, which only exacerbated my pain and inability to cope. We had our first ugly argument in a long time, 12 years to be exact. Grief got the best of us, as, mm -hmm. it, as it sometimes does. Yes. Just three months later, the unthinkable happened. We lost our other, and at that time only, dog, Jesse. Jesse was a Shetland sheepdog, and lived to be 18 years old and three months. Jesse had meant that's a very old age for any mm -hmm. dog. Jesse had many nicknames of which Lassie was one. When she was five and we lived downtown, we walked a lot. Even the toughest and most intimidating looking men would gush upon seeing her. They Lassie. would melt and say with puppy eyes, oh, Lassie, there's Lassie. Referencing the dog from the television show, Lassie. Of course, Nancy and I remember that television. Yeah, we grew up with Lassie. We grew up with it. <laughs> Some listeners may not. <laughs> and they would walk away with a big smile on their faces as if she had been the highlight of their day. Jesse loved being the only dog and resented Jackie joining the family. As much as poor Jackie tried to win her affection over the years, Jesse only tolerated him. Jackie eventually gave up trying and they lived together like an old married couple. Hmm. <laughs> that, the married that there. Yeah. Having been married for 24 years. <laughs> After Jackie passed, we weren't sure how Jesse would react. We had read that dogs grieve the passing of another animal companion and were very concerned for Jesse's well-being. To our surprise and amusement, Jesse relished being the only dog once again. 
In fact, she couldn't stop smiling in photos. Jesse's presence in those three months added a little buffer to our pain and kept us on a much needed routine. Her existence gave us purpose and got us out of bed when all we wanted to do was sob. I had a very strong connection with both our dogs. On their last day, I told them how much I loved them and requested each of them to send me a sign, letting me know that they had made it safely to the other side. As their mom, I desperately needed this assurance. As it turned out, both my dogs visited me after their passing. I relive these experiences often as they bring me some peace and comfort in the midst of my deep grief. Jackie visited me in a dream the evening of his passing. Of course, in my dream, I was not aware that I was dreaming because everything felt so real. In my dream, my partner and I were asleep in our bed when I was awakened by a soft, static noise, like somebody turning the knob of an old radio. I could hear voices behind the static, but I couldn't make out what they were saying. I tried ignoring the sound, but it got louder. Annoyed, I turned over to see if my partner was on his phone. No, he was asleep. I got up halfway to see what was causing the noise. That's when I saw Jackie in the corner of the room, just sitting there like a stump. My gosh, he was no longer frail and and sick. Instead, he was plump and healthy, a stocky lad. His tail wagged frantically and his whole body shook with excitement. He knew I had seen him. He didn't run to me right away. It was almost like he wanted me to notice him first to take it all in. I was in complete disbelief at what I was seeing. At the same time, I was cautious, like, how can this be real? Jackie's no longer here. Before I was able to process anything that had happened, Jackie jumped onto the edge of the bed where he slept with us every night. As my partner and I leaned over in complete disbelief to shower Jackie with our affection, I woke up. When I awoke, the room was dark and eerily quiet. I could feel my heart beating fast. I laid in bed with my eyes open, taking in the experience. I knew I had just had a visit. Mm-hmm. As you know, three months later, Jessie passed. She visited me in my dream the morning after her passing. I had taken the week off of work to manage my severe grief and depression when Jackie passed. Oh, when Jackie passed, I didn't take off work and this was a horrible mistake. So she was now taking off work because mm-hmm. she knew it would be a really good thing. She hadn't when the first dog Jackie passed. I figured I would spend the week moping around, sleeping and crying a lot. All this changed when Jesse visited me. In this dream, I was in bed and very sad. It was early morning. I was cognizant that Jesse had passed. Then I heard little footsteps that only a dog could make coming down the hallway. In disbelief, I stretched my ear toward the door. The footsteps became more prominent. All of a sudden, I felt her energy engulf the room. Then I felt her climb over me like she did when she was a pup trying to cheer me up. I turned over and there she was, clear as day, except she had decided to return as a puppy. That was unexpected. You see, Jessie lived an unusually long life, 18 plus years, and lived with chronic arthritis the last five years of her life. Given this, I could see why she had decided to return as a young pup. I was so happy to see her. She sat on the bed with me and I kissed her over and over again. I gave her repeated bear hugs and ran my fingers through her fur. I knew I was dreaming at this point, but I wanted some proof of the moment. I decided to yell loudly, Lassie, Lassie, Lassie. I wanted my partner to hear me 
so he could later substantiate my experience. After a nice cuddle reunion, Jessie slipped out the bedroom door. Not ready to let go, I followed her and she turned around. I could feel my heart bursting, knowing this was a second goodbye. I hugged her one last time, then I woke up. When I awoke, my partner was next to me. He had been awake for a while. I was shaking with excitement. I told him about my dream and asked if he had heard me talking in my sleep. He said he could see I was dreaming and that I was muttering something unintelligible. I said, he said he almost woke me up, but something held him back and he decided to let me dream. You see, I'm prone to having nightmares. So my partner and I have a deal that if he sees me making noises in my sleep or showing signs of distress, he needs to wake me up right away. He didn't this time and it was the right call. Jesse's visit that morning gave me the unexpected energy to be productive that day and the days that followed. I needed that assurance. I needed to know that she was okay. Her visit was a special gift, one that I will cherish for the rest of my life. At the same time, I felt guilty for the extra burst of happy energy when my partner had not had a single dream of the dogs, much more a visit, and was having a hard time dealing with his own grief. I tried to contain my giddiness and new find, found energy the best I could that day. Even though I'm an avid dreamer, enough to keep a dream journal, I rarely have dreams about my dogs, which I find odd because I think about them every day and they were such an important part of our lives. I once read that our deceased animal companions purposely do not appear in our dreams early on because they want to give us space to heal. They know that dreams about them could upset us even more when we awaken and reface the reality that they're no longer with us. This is how much our animals love us. They want the best for us and even aid us on our healing journey. I didn't receive any more visits from my dogs after their first mom, we made it, we're okay visits. <laughs> Until one evening when my partner and I went out for dinner and I actually left two, accidentally left two tapered candles burning on a memorial we had set up for them. There was smoke in our house when we returned. Clearly something had burned inside, yet nothing seemed out of place. Bewildered, I decided to check our security camera. I couldn't believe what I saw. Two bright white orbs with wings flying around the room where the candles could be seen, burning furiously in the background. Later that night, the camera caught a large orb about the height of Jessie floating from the bathroom where she liked to lay all day. We've had our camera for seven years. This is the first time it had ever captured anything like this. We have to wonder if our babies came to our rescue that night and kept our house from burning down. Thank you for reading my story. If you do share it, I hope it will help your listeners in some way. My heart and thoughts go out to all who are struggling with the loss of their animal companions. I truly believe that we will be reunited with our animal companions until that special day. <clears throat> Cherish their memories and their occasional visits. All the best, Sally. Wow. So what, what an account. That was some <laughs> amazing story. <laughs> Especially mm. for her to ask, you know, at the end of both Jackie and Jesse's life to yeah. really give her a sign. And both of them came to her mm -hmm. vividly in a dream. And then the whole piece with the orb orbs, you know, around really kind of saving the house. And she just sent us those pictures 
from the video camera and they are freaky. Wow. <laughs> they are really freaky. Well, that does say something about how our babies that yeah, cross over like bright lights come back in the darkness. Quite something. Well, I think also we have to say to people though that there are sometimes you may not get a sign. Yeah. And sometimes you may not, you know, hear them or or feel them or, you know, kind of, you know, smell them. Unfortunately, some people do not have those experiences. I want we want to be clear with that. But if you can have or do have those experience, obviously, it's wonderful. Um, yeah. Yeah. It doesn't happen all that much, but it happens with some frequency. Yes. Well, Hank came to me. Now, I had not had, you know, any, uh, I didn't remember too many dreams. I've had multiple dogs, many dogs, and I don't remember too many dreams, but I did see Hank after about a year after he died. And he came back to me as a puppy and he, or when he was young, and he crawled up my side and he went down to my face and then he left. So it can happen. You know, but we also want to tell people that, I mean, because we don't want people to look for it and then it not happens. So if you're lucky enough to have that experience like Sally was, and Sally, thank you so much for sending that. Yeah. Because it, it really does prove, though, on they are somewhere out there, you know, for, and they come back to visit. So really it was interesting to me how it it happened in her bedroom. Yeah. It, it, it was almost hard to determine in the story whether she was dreaming or actually experiencing it. And one of the things she said is it was so real. It's very interesting right. to me the way it happened right there. And in fact, in one of her dreams, she and her husband are getting up and going to the edge of the, like they're sort of leaning forward to the edge of the bed. And that's, I think when she understood, when she recognized that it was a dream, was really something the way it was sort of interwoven with what was kind of normal for the way their dogs interacted with them and very compelling. And there, and, and especially that the orb at the end came for, I sounds like it was Jesse came from the bathroom where yeah. she lay and into, into the house, right? Into the rest of the house. And, and the, and the impact is so, positive and soothing. And as she said, she'll remember this for the rest of her life. Well, how, how, how could it not be right? I yeah. mean, they're not here to touch anymore or to kiss and to hold, but that those dreams, that experience really will, will is wonderful and will carry her. Yeah. Because she knows that they're around, right? They may yeah. not be here physically, but they are. Around. Yeah. I mean, I have, I have dreams about my lost dogs with some regularity, with some regularity. And to me, it's sort of just part of the ways that they are always present. Part, I mean, I've actually, as I've talked about, I, I've seen them as well. Yeah. And sometimes my new dog does things that are so almost like the other, my last couple of chihuahuas are telling her. Because, for example, one of my chihuahuas, Abigail, who was the last to leave us, would always in the mornings and lots of times to show us her bone. She would carry a bone around proudly, his little Nyla bone. And Hildy has one of those in her crate at night. And some mornings she'll just, pick, many mornings she won't, but some mornings she'll pick it up and carry it with her. 
down the stairs and be holding it when she's getting ready to go. And it's just so reminiscent of the way Abigail behaved. And it's also a little out of character for the way Hildy behaves because she doesn't do that as a routine. It's just very, it always just reminds me. And sometimes I feel like that's, that's her and Abigail playing together and and just her saying, Abigail's still here. Like that's Mm -hmm. their joint message, which is just, it's just, it's just soothing, you know? That was wonderful. Now, I also want to make, you know, um, a comment about Sally's partner. I mean, Mm -hmm. I hope that Mm -hmm. he can relish what she experienced since he hadn't. And she was obviously feeling, like she said, almost giddy. She was so happy to have that experience, but he did not have that. And so, you know, and we all grieve differently, right? And we all, sometimes we will have those experiences and sometimes we won't. So we also are looking out for him, you know, in his grieving process, because interestingly enough, he wanted a Scottish Terrier and he got one. Yeah. So the universe was talking about to him when they went to, to wherever they got uh, Jackie and Jackie was there. And he was actually, it was interesting that he was in her dream. Yes. And she, when she saw Jackie, they both in the dream, they both were aware so, you know, there's a lot that we just don't, we don't really know what all this means. And there's so many different ways to try to grasp it. But I think for me, the most useful is just to be kind of awestruck and behold the mystery. <laughs> you know? yeah, listen, if we can see them and, 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 talk, and, and hear them and, you know, dream about them, that's wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. So do we want to move on to, to we can. We, now this is an, this is an interesting and a very difficult story because um, I'm going to read it and we may not get to, to all, all of it because I've had a discussion with Tara back and forth because of this of Raina being missing. Yeah. But okay. So um, this was it's from Tara, dear Ken and Nancy, I discovered your podcast of Pet Loss Companion earlier this week. I've been listening to it constantly trying to find some solace in losing my dog Raina. I hope that's how it's pronounced. I live overseas in a developing country. When I moved here last July, I rescued Raina from a village about 40 minutes from my home. When I took her to the vet for the first time, I was shocked to learn that she was about 10 years old. I taught Raina how to be a a pet to ride uh, in the car, um, live in the house and go on walks. She was my constant companion and friend. I often prefer to stay home with her rather than go out with friends as I enjoyed her company so much. Unfortunately, the country where I live does not like dogs. My neighbor complained about Raina and claimed her barking was disturbing him and his family. About a month ago, my neighbor threatened to shoot or poison her if I did not get her vocal cords out. Now, I have to say, I'm not going to say what I want to say about that. Yeah. But I... Uh, that to me is horrendous. Yeah, and I feel for her that she had to live through that. To protect Raina, she stayed with a friend who lived nearby until I could move to a new house. And of course, as a pet mom, she would move. Yeah. Right? Yep. Um, the night before I moved into my new home, Raina escaped from my friend and returned home to me. I was able to pick her up in the car and take her back to my friend's house. The next day I moved and Raina rejoined me. 
We had four nights together in my new home, and then on Sunday, May, May 1st, I took her for a short hike in a park about 30 miles from home, and she disappeared. One minute she was there, and the next she was gone. I've spent the last 15 days searching for her, putting up signs, posting on social media. I spent the first two nights sleeping in the parking lot, hoping she would return to the car. I am heartbroken and so regret letting her off the leash that day. I should have known that she was feeling unsettled and insecure. I miss her so much and I'm finding it hard to be home without her. I just wish I knew if she was still alive and if so, where she is. I worry that she is hurt or hungry or lost. And thank you for letting me share your story. And Raina is a beautiful, a beautiful dog. She's almost German shepherdy kind of kind of looking dog. Now, first of all, this it, it's heartbreaking. And I think that this grief is is very difficult because of the fact that it's unknown what happened to Raina. And, and, oh, and so. as of a couple of days ago, she still had not been found. Um so I mean I our hearts go out to her. Um, you know, once in a while you'll see that. I mean, I've seen, you know, um, posters in my neighborhood sometimes about a missing cat or a missing dog. Um, and I, you know, I know she's still looking and I know she's still hoping. But grief like this is all as ongoing because it's, it's almost like anticipatory in the context of you know, where is she? Is she alive? Is she okay? Did somebody pick her up? And yeah. There are, there are a few things that are worse than uncertainty. And that's what she's got. She has no idea. There's no, there's no way to even begin to grasp the ending. If in fact her life did end, there is just a big question mark. And, and that ambiguity is, is incredibly painful. It's just incredibly yes. difficult. And, and we, we don't know because also there's, there's a lot of Raina's life that it sounds like it's fairly unknown. Yeah. And so she was 10 years old when she was adopted in July, last July. It's very hard to know. Did she go somewhere that was where she used to be? Did she, who knows? We, Did somebody pick her up? Did she, yeah. was she, she starting to, you know, lose her faculties? I mean, yeah. you know, she's we 10 years old. She's a yeah. large dog. And so it's very, it's very hard to know. And of course we always do, people do things that seem perfectly reasonable in the moment. Like you're in a park, your dog is, is staying with you shows Close no sign, not the kind of dog that show, that tends to take off. This is a dog that actually found her way back to, to her home Sarah, from her friends, from a friend's house. So right. one would not expect that the dog would disappear because it obviously had a really close bond to Tara. And so she lets her off the leash in a park as people will frequently do without any incidents at all. No. And the dog disappears. So of course she feels guilty about that. There's no way she wouldn't feel guilty about that being as conscientious a guardian as she is. And now she's left with all these questions. Mm. And I mean, sometimes what, what helps is you can, you can give yourself a deadline and say, by this date, if I don't know anything, I'm going to decide that she's gone. And, and then I'm going to do whatever ritual I need to do to make that 
transition more real in my own emotions. And so, but you know, there's people manage this in different ways. Some people would prefer not to do that. Mm-hmm. And to Although let it I had, a, I had a client who uh, their dog ran away mm-hmm. and they spent an entire summer looking for that dog. Um, the dog did have epilepsy, so he, he needed medications. Um, what happened for her um, is she went to an animal communicator mm-hmm. and the animal communicator had indicated that she had died, that he had mm-hmm. died. Mm-hmm. And that gave her some solace. I mean, it, it was painful and, and heartbreaking, but at least she had an answer. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good idea as well. And, you know, I, I, I always, uh, I always compare this to my experience of Henry, who was my cat, yes. who, you know, disappeared. And every now and then I wonder if he'll come back, but it's been a couple of years. So he's not coming back. And it's just, it's just a hard thing. I mean, I, my imagining, my, I, the story I tell myself is he was a little bit ill because he had been to the vet that day. He was coughing. Henry put on a good show for the vet because he, it was during a time where we, I couldn't go into the vet's office with him. And the vet said that uh, he was not coughing at all through the appointment. I took Henry home. I took him out of the box. I put him out of the box and he looked at me and he gave a cough. <laughs> It's almost like, see, I was able to hold it together. <laughs> and then that evening he disappeared. Wow. And so my my thought is that Henry, who was able to get outside of my cat fence, uh, unlike my current cat who doesn't who doesn't do that, that Henry probably was outside the fence and got picked up by a coyote or a bobcat or something because he wasn't on his game 100%. Who knows, you know, who knows? But it's still painful, it's still a loss. So it's, you know, and you, and, and you live with it. And I, and Tara's done everything she can, right? And she's still Pretty doing clear. that. She's I still believe. doing I will it. be back in touch with her. Maybe next week we can have an update. And if people want to reach out, you know, to, to talk to talk to her through us, that would be fine too, because yeah. she needs that support and she's feeling very alone. And, and the, the thing that I, I want to say to her is she's done everything she can. She gave Raina a beautiful life when they were together. And she has to be gentle with herself. I'm hoping, I hope she's gentle with herself and not beating herself up about this because she's a very loving pet guardian. And there are things that happen that we would never expect and that the, the fate of everybody's fate is really outside of our control ultimately. That's right. So we thank her though for sharing that yep. story because that's a thank difficult story. Absolutely. Absolutely. So we did have another story, but I think we're going to bring that to that's next true. week. And, and once again, we thank uh, Tara and we thank Sally for, for their, their stories and we wish them well as they go forward. And everyone take care till next week.